You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Now, it is time. Hampton Roads' favorite teams and players take center stage. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly. On the boards today, just like he always is, Robbie Vogler. And we've had a few days to... to Normally I say digest, but they, I know, calm down. Can we have, and, and if the answer is no, that's fine. You don't have to participate. But can we have a normal, realistic discussion about Dak Prescott where, where we don't yell and scream and nobody tries to, to I don't know, cut him from the roster and send him to the XFL? Can we have a, a calm discussion where we realistically look at all of the, the points of data and say, or data, I don't know, uh, whichever way you want to pronounce it, same thing, D-A-T-A, where we look at all of the data or data on DAC and, and don't give up on them? Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Call and text lines open 757-687-9494. That's 757-687-9494. You can call into the show or you can text into the show. It's the Pitbull Tobacco and More text line. But also, but also, make sure you're coming from a place of logic. I don't I don't need the the overreactions. We've done that. With a few days to calm down and get the image of Zeke Elliott getting run over on the final play out of our brains, can we have a real, honest conversation about not giving up on Dak Prescott? Where we can acknowledge this season was rough. Don't get me wrong. The second half especially, the turnovers piled up. I get it. Nobody's denying it. Not even Dak Prescott, who after they lost in in the playoffs and he had two interceptions, he put the loss on him. Just disappointed, as I said. I mean, guys that, that played their asses off defense, who gave us an opportunity to win this game, who, who played their, who played hard against a really, really good offense, a really good team, and um, for us to only put up the points that we did, that that's unacceptable. And it starts with me, and I, I've got to be better. I mean, that's no, no other way to sugarcoat it. This season was rough. That game was rough. That final image, rough. But if you are giving up on Dak Prescott as a quarterback, you're being too reactionary. If you're trying to put him into to a box that is outside the, the should-be-a-starting-quarterback box, you're, you, that's the wrong box. In 2021, again, let's look at all the data points, not just, hey, what I watched on Sunday or whatever it was. Let's look beyond that. In 2021, he started 16 games. He went 11 and 5. It's a team. It's a team. It's a team. The team won 11 and 5. He threw more touchdowns and less interceptions than Josh Allen. This is 2021. This is the year that Josh Allen was everyone's favorite. He's come back down to earth in 2022 slash 2023. But in 2021, that guy was darn near 100% approval rating. Dak Prescott threw for more touchdowns and less interceptions. You may say, but Josh runs more. Fine. 
Well, well, Dak also threw for more touchdowns and less interceptions than Joe Burrow in 2021. Now, Joe Burrow is not a running quarterback, and, and Joe Burrow at the moment is somehow being tossed into the best quarterback in the league, league conversation. We'll talk about that later on. You may say, yeah, but that was, that was Joe Burrow's first full season as a starter. Fine. In 2021, Dak Prescott threw the same amount of touchdowns and less interceptions than Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen's never done that. Lamar Jackson's never done that. Uh, Joe Burrow's never done that. Dak Prescott did that. Now, is he better than those quarterbacks? No. That would be reactionary to a couple of stats. That would be reactionary, and we're not doing that today. We are, we are being calm. We're looking at everything. Matter of fact, I feel like I'm screaming too much for this calm conversation, but I'm just trying to get my point across. Everybody stay calm. Stay calm. Exactly. Should I go full Michael Scott on this? Should I just start declaring things? Uh, should you bail on Dak Prescott knowing that he has that 2021 production somewhere within him? 2021, he had the third best passer rating in the NFL. One year later, do away with him. No. No. Now, that's not to say that you do nothing, right? That's not to say you sit back on your, your – you twiddle your thumbs and you say, we'll see if he does it better next year. No, this offseason is about trying to fix what is broken within Dak Prescott's game. It's not about changing out Dak Prescott. First of all, you can't do that if you're the Cowboys because the contract says nope. You move on this offseason, it's $89 million in cap space, and uh, nope. Does anyone think Dak Prescott isn't a hard worker? Because everything I've heard is is like to a person. He is everything you're looking for in a personality. Hard worker, shows up, says the right thing, does the right thing, all of it. Now, that doesn't mean that, hey, because he's a nice guy and he works hard, he gets the job. But what I'm saying is there's no reason for us to believe he's not going to be all in on fixing the problem. And I hear you, right? Oh, Amari Cooper left. All right. What was Amari Cooper bringing to the table that unlocked a better version of him? Let's go try to solve that problem. Maybe it's in the draft. Maybe it's not in the draft. Maybe it's in free agency. Maybe you can find someone cheaper that can play the same role. Maybe. Explore the options and try to fix it. There's, there, there's two types of people, right? There's, there's a lot of those jokes. There's two types of people, right? I was trying to think of one that you can say on air. Two types of people. People that, uh, people that like drums instead of flats and people that know how to eat a good wing, right? There's two types of people. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that's the one that came into my mind. Uh, but, but there's two types of people. Problems people and solutions people. You can be a problems person when it comes to Dak, and you can just scream at all. You can get on Cowboys message boards, and you can just yell, and you can type in all caps, underline, italicized, and just say, Dak needs to go. He threw two interceptions in a playoff game. Er." Or you can be a solutions person and say, how do we get him back to playing as efficiently as he was the year before this year? And if you want a more recent example, what, what were they doing that led to wins when, when Cooper Rush was the quarterback? Uh, not saying Cooper was doing anything better, worse, different than Dak, but what was the difference between that winning streak and when they were losing games? 
figure out what the difference is, fix it. And also, this I just I feel like I have to say it. Give the ball to Tony Pollard more than Zeke Elliott. You may have to cut Zeke Elliott, and I I understand you'd still be on the hook for like ten million dollars in, in in cap hit, addition by subtraction. Especially if Tony Pollard's healthy, you got the the tightrope stuff. Uh, but there you go. But this last thing I'll say before we go to the call in line, which by the way is open seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. That's seven five seven six eight seven. 9494 you can call and text in before we go here's some of your reaction uh the it's it's mock draft season already didn't even realize it mel kuyper's first mock draft came out today snuck up on me there's a lot of mock drafters putting Bijan robinson to the cowboys if they just get out of paying a running back a ton of money and sign up immediately for a first round contract to a running back jerry jones is is he's there's no saving him how about you go get, I don't know, you could you could throw gasoline on the defensive fire and just go get another edge rusher. You could, you could grab a wide receiver to play the Amari Cooper role. You could let Dalton Schultz walk considering he doesn't want to put his feet down inbounds when he catches it. And, and you could go get a tight end that could make a real difference. The offensive line, offensive line, always the answer. Bijan Robinson is a great, great player. And I know he went to Texas and you're, you're, everything's bigger there, but, but no. Let's go to the call in line. Travis in Virginia Beach has, I hope, a measured response, calm. He's, he's built up his his uh, ideas on this one when it comes to Dak Prescott. You can call in as well, 757-687-9494. Travis, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about Dak? Thanks for taking the call. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was just saying this since back in the day when uh, Tyreek was talking about the pretty balls at two uh, throws. It's all about the release of Dak Prescott's throw. I feel like when the ball is getting to his receivers, the ball is either the nose of the ball is always pointed up or it's always still going when it gets to his receivers. He doesn't have the touch. I think a lot of quarterbacks, we get so uh, caught up in the no-look pass and thrown in on a rope where we forget about the traditional quarterback, let alone you, know, you can move the pocket, but like I'll – Tony Romo used to still have the touch where he could hit Dez in the corner where the ball would fall through a basketball hoop so only he could get his hands on it. I think a lot of quarterbacks really don't have that type of touch anymore. It's more of an array, like hit it on the fly type thing, and I think that's the problem with Dak and the type of offense that the Cowboys want to run. And as far as the Cooper difference, when he left, he was more of a physical guy off the line for those first five yards where he can run through a contact as opposed to how we have, I think, smaller guys now who kind of react to the contact and then go, which is why maybe Dak has to throw the ball on such a fast velocity, making up for the rush coming in. Appreciate the call. Uh, a lot of, a lot of details there. I've never, I've never heard Dak Prescott's the, the way that at least I've always talked about it as a quarterback is if you throw a ball, that's hard to catch. We call it throwing a heavy ball. Some some coaches will scream at you for throwing a medicine ball, and and what that is is you know if the guy's five yards from you and you're throwing your Randy Johnson heater, they'll they'll say stop throwing a medicine ball, um, because you know they're heavy and hard to catch and that kind of deal. I've never heard that about Dak Prescott. Um, while that that the, the caller was was going into it, I was curious. Uh, I looked it up. It's it's funny that he chose Tua as throwing like that that nice catchable floats in there, drops it into the bucket. Uh, Dak Prescott this year completed a higher percent of his 
passes than Tua Tungo-Vailoa did. And I think it's pretty objective to say that Tua Tungo-Vailoa had the better pass catching options. So m- maybe Dak is is completing a uh, throwing a, a nice and catchable ball. And that's a percentage. Not you know that's not saying like more yards because obviously Tua missed a bunch of games, but so did Dak. Uh, Tim Donnelly show ESPN radio 94.1. Let's go back to the call in line. Tyreek in Newport news has some, uh, some conversations that, that he thinks Dak should have, I believe. So we'll, we'll go there. Tyreek. Thanks for calling in. What do you have? Yeah, I was saying, would it be an idea if Dak, being that he's taking ownership of messing up this season, especially this playoff game to go to Jerry Jones and be like, yo, I'm willing to take a pay cut because of my play. Are, are you saying should he or will he? No, I'm saying should. You know, just out of curiosity, should I'm not saying that he will do it, but okay, saying that he's taking ownership for it. I'll, I'll tell you exactly. I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying now, and I appreciate it. And 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 I'll tell you exactly what he should do. He should go in and say, um, "I played below my contract in 2022. I'll take a pay cut for 2022. I played well above my contract in 2021, so I'll take a pay raise in 2021." And uh, oh, look, it's even. So we're good. Never mind. We're we're square, and just walk away. Um, it's it's tough to to do that sort of thing because you have to do it on both ends. Remember, he he was a what a fourth rounder, yeah, fourth round pick playing on a rookie contract for years, and the Cowboys never said, "No, oh, you know what? We'll give you twenty million dollars because you're playing for eight hundred grand." So now that he's playing for forty five million or forty million, whatever it is, he shouldn't go back and do the. You know, if if the Cowboys said in good faith, "We're not going to have you play on a fourth round contract." then he could say, in good faith, I'll give back some of this $40 million. But that good faith doesn't only go in one direction. And also, I don't believe his agent would be too happy if he went to Jerry Jones like, hey, I, I want to take a pay cut for my progress. I want to take less, but I want more next year. Or, or like, if you teams could do that. You could have a completely 100% incentive-laden contract. It could be, I make zero in base salary if I throw for... 10, uh, 10 completions, I get 100 grand. 20 completions this season, I get 200. You can go from there, but that's it's like an open line of credit. Who knows how much you're going to make? Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Speaking of huge contracts, Herbert Burrow, eligible this offseason. Extensions. The number I'm hearing, $50 million per year. Stick around. Can you spin the ball? Sports talk with a side of movie quotes. Make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. With a couple of days, soak it all in. We can all agree that the Cowboys shouldn't give up on Dak, right? It was fun to scream and yell and say he was the reason and then get him out of here for a day or two, but but now cooler heads have to prevail, right? 2021, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. 757-687-9494 is the call in line. That's also the text in line. 757-687-9494. Marvin in Virginia Beach has a take on Dak. We want to hear from him. Uh, Marvin, thanks for calling in. What do you have? Hey, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm enjoying your show, and um, thanks for taking my call. Of course. Thank you. What do you have uh, for Dak? Uh, I listen to you talk, and uh, and you make a lot of sense. Uh, you, you, you run a good show. 
Uh, but I'm a Cowboy fan, and I, I love my Cowboys way more than I love just one particular player. Mm-hmm. And uh, Prescott has – he has all the, the God-given things. He you know what to say. You know, you just said all of that. He's a nice guy. And, and, and trust me, I like – he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. But that don't win you championships, and that don't win you Super Bowls. And uh, and I, I heard you also say that uh, don't give up on him because he got this stat from 2021. But you've been – you played sports, and you know how it is. You know it's all about what can you do for me? What have you done for me lately? That's what kind of sport this is. And he's been doing this for seven years. Next year will be eight seasons. And you know, like I know, that nobody gives one quarterback eight seasons to get it right. They give you two, maybe three at the most. And he's gotten seven seasons, mind you, with the same coordinator, and he's had hundreds of receivers all around. He's had the best offensive line. He's had this. And with this cap salary, the salary cap, you cannot put the perfect team. You can't put the uh, the – the, the, the superheroes around him. You can't have the Legion of Doom around him. You just can't. He's got to be able to play football. And if I was a Cowboys, I wouldn't say get rid of him because you got, you know, you got all this money tied up in him and you can't move him. But I will draft me a quarterback. And Okay, well, well hold on, Marvin. What, what What's going to help your situation more? Drafting a quarterback to, I assume, uh push him or or take his spot or using that draft pick on a, a wide receiver or an offensive lineman that can help a quarterback that doesn't have it maybe get closer to playing like he has it. Yeah, but yeah, but we've been there done that. We've done that for we've done that for seven years. And I mean, come on. I mean enough is enough. I mean I don't dislike the guy. I mean he's a good guy. I mean I wish he had it because he has all of the things that you like in a quarterback. He has the size. He has the they're everything. You know what to say. You don't have to worry about Prescott. I love all that about him. But I'm just not going to keep going in circles with this dude. Eight seasons is enough. It's enough. I mean, if, I mean, if he was Mahomes and had the pass that Mahomes had, I would say, okay, six him. Okay, if he was, uh, if he, if, if he was Joe Burrow and had, you know, and done what Joe Burrow done, I would say, okay, six him. But Prescott, to me, eight. Seven, eight seasons, that's enough sample size. You know, I hear guys calling saying, he's throwing wrong. He just, come on. Mind you, he done played seven seasons of professional football. He done had four years of college. He done had four years of high school. He done had Pop Warner. And you mean to tell me this guy, he needs fixing on how to throw the football? Come on, dude. Mar- Marvin, I appreciate the call. Uh, here's Here's the deal. He didn't need fixing... 12 months ago he needs fixing now so so it's not that he like he went to four years of high school four years of college all these years in the pros and he they haven't fixed it yet it's there wasn't a problem until now after the 2021 season no one was saying we got to fix Dak and the 2021 season it wasn't I mean that's not like 1994 it wasn't that long ago and and seven eight years I kind of think you do get that if you're you're a quarterback that puts up halfway decent stats. I mean, the Raiders didn't move on from Derek Carr, who's lost a bajillion games till nine nine years in, and even that's kind of met with uh, I don't think that's a great idea. 
I don't. Th- I don't think you can. Uh, you can be so black and white. Yes or no. Inbounds. Out of bounds. With this one. Uh, let's go to Lou in Norfolk, who's also on the call in line seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. He has some. Uh, he has some take on the Dak situation, and and calmer heads are trying to prevail. That's my goal here today. Lou, thanks for calling in. What do you have? Lou, are you there? Going once. Going twice. Sold, Lou. Sorry, uh, he was so calm. I mean, he was so calm. He didn't <laughs> have anything to say. I, right now, he's going great. Thanks. Here's what I have to say. Uh, ready for a reference like Zootopia, the sloth? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Everyone with kids will know what I'm talking about. Uh, that is a movie, animated. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, let's go to the let's go to the text line. Uh, let's go to the text line, which again is open seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. Robbie, what are they saying about Dak? Tim from the 757, Chris in Virginia Beach says, can't we just give him credit for being a good quarterback and leader who played with a great defense or played a great defense? And that's coming from a Niners fan. I like that. I like that one. The, the, the Niners fan is saying he's the best quarterback in the league. He just happens to play us and we're that awesome. We make you look bad. Uh, how do you describe the last half of the regular season, which is also a, how do you describe or or what do you attribute to the I mean, the image that I have burned into my brain with Dak? It's not even like it's not even the playoff game, right? The, the interception intended for Gallup was a bad route by Gallup. It was a bad throw by Dak and it was a good play by the defense. Uh, the second pick in the playoff game was horrendous. It's a crossing route where it's either going to be intercepted or that's a hospital ball, as we call it, meaning wide receiver is going to stick his hands out to catch it and then he's suddenly not going to have any breath he's going to be on his back and is going to go because he he got the wind knocked out of him uh but i go back to the washington game at the end of the regular season throws a what should have been a pick six to kendall fuller kendall fuller slipped and dropped it the very next play you might as well have have told kendall fuller same play we're gonna do it again which happens like in practice right Defense will mess up a coverage and they'll go do it again on the ball. Same thing. And they'll tell the quarterback, throw it to the same place. And you throw an interception and the defense is celebrating. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Except it wasn't in practice. They didn't tell him to do the same thing. Kendall Fuller did catch it the second time and he ran it back for a touchdown and he did dance and he was allowed to celebrate because it wasn't practice. That's what stands out to me. So I don't know if you can blame the 49ers elite defense for that bad play that was run against Washington weeks prior. Back to the text line we go. From the 757, Dallas should just go the San Francisco route. Play Cooper Rush and put Dak money some other where, some other places. Eventually, I have no problem. If you want to say move on from Dak at the end of his contract, you can start planning for that. That's two years from now. Um, you can do a lot on a on a on a roster with forty million dollars in expendable salary cap space, but also if Dak has a couple more years like this, you could probably get Dak back for like a third of the price. They, like there's the the value will change by then. But I'm I'm fine with moving on at the end of the contract. I'm not fine with eating eighty million dollars in dead cap hit, or even after next year, forty million dollars in dead cap hit. When you have a pretty good quarterback somewhere within Dak, you just have to bring it out of him. Tim Donnelly show ESPN radio 94.1. Uh, well, we didn't, we didn't get to Herbert and Burrow potentially making $50 million. How about that? We're, we're upset. Dak's making 40. Let's give Herbert. Who's what has he done? Right. If all you can, if all we're counting is playoff wins, what has Herbert done? Let's give him $50 million a year. 
By the way, sarcasm. I hope you heard it. Uh, when we come back, uh, another high-priced guy, Patrick Mahomes. His ankle is going to be the most scrutinized thing in the world this week. Uh, I want to be a fly on the wall as both the Chiefs plan to game plan around the ankle and the Bengals try to test it with their game plan. We'll talk about the chess, chess match coming up, coming up next. Need a break from the winter cold? Don't wait for the spring thaw. Tim Donnelly is just heating up. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. This will not be the last time this week we reference Patrick Mahomes' ankle. That's the life of an athlete, right? I'm fairly confident there will not be a conversation that I'm not a part of that references my ankle for the rest of my life. Nobody in another location will ever be like, did you hear about Tim's ankle? But with Patrick Mahomes, it's happening all over the country pretty much nonstop for the next like five days. I would, and and even the conversations I'm not a part of about his ankle, I kind of wish I was. I want to be a fly on the wall in the Chiefs offensive meeting room when they are scheming up to work around potentially Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury. Now, obviously, they hope, right, and I'm sure there's some kind of treatment, maybe some kind of uh, shot or something like that, that they're going to do their best to make it so he can play as normal on Sunday. But they have to have an offense designed up and ready to roll if Patrick Mahomes can't move, right? If he can't go more than a yard in any direction, they have to have an offense ready. And that does feel a bit like uh, taking Andy Reid, and putting him on the offensive football edition and Eric Bieniemy and the rest of that staff and uh, Matt Nagy and all of them, uh, and putting them on like the the NFL offensive football edition of uh, whatever that cooking show is that gives you the weird ingredients, right? Cutthroat Kitchen. Cutthroat Kitchen, where they're like, okay, you need to make a meatloaf, but you have to incorporate like one tube of Crest toothpaste, uh, the this orange rind, and tomato sauce. It's like, go for it. Uh, because it's you're looking at them, you're saying you have to put together an AFC championship caliber offense, but you have to do it with a quarterback that might not be able to move. Go. We'll see the product on Sunday and we'll we'll make our judging. That's exciting, right? I almost wonder if Andy Reid, obviously he would never say it, but I wonder if he kind of uh relishes it, right? He's going like, Well, I've been making offenses for healthy quarterbacks for a long time. This one's this one's different. This one's new. I've got a, I've got an uncle that for a while was in it was and it's one of those uncles that's like not actually my uncle but I just call him uncle. Um, he was a emergency room doctor in Alaska, and he's not from Alaska, but he said he loved doing emergency room stuff in Alaska because you see stuff you've never seen before, right? He goes like eh, down in the states, right? The the lower forty eight as as you might call them. He would go, you know, someone will come in and say my foot hurts. He goes in Alaska, they come in, they say, I don't know where my foot is. Like those are the 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 things that got his blood pumping. Andy Reid's probably going, This is exciting. How can I scheme open Travis Kelsey, knowing I have to keep a running back into block because Pat Mahomes might not be able to move, and I can't do play action, I can't do seven step drops, and I can't do any rollouts. Let's dial in. Be enemy, what do you got? Nagy, what do you got? Mahomes, what do you think you'll be able to do? That's exciting. Herm Edwards, let's jump to the Herm Edwards sound, was on Canty and Carlin, and uh, he talked about the game plan they'll have to put together with Mahomes. 
basically you got to protect him in the pocket because he can't move, guys. He's not going to do those boots and those rolls where he's getting out on the edge. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think Andy's going to you know mess with him there. But you got to protect him now in the pocket. You might have to bring a you know add an extra guy to make sure if they bring some pressure, you got him protected because he can't move. He can't get out of the way, so he can't create play. But they got enough in their offense. They'll be fine. Will they? Stick around to find out. Next edition of Offensive Cutthroat Kitchen. Uh, (laughs) The other side is, I'd love to be a fly on the wall of the Bengals' defensive meeting room. Because they have to be almost deprogramming some of their players. right? What do you think of when you think of Mahomes? Don't let him ad-lib, right? He's good when he one, two, three, throw. He's great when it's one, two, three, bounce, bounce, scramble to the left, stay alive, stay alive. Oh, is he running? Spin move. Now he's throwing it left-handed. Oh, look at this. And Travis Kelsey for the score. So normally you're what are you, you're keeping your contain, right? You don't want to take chances. You want to keep him in front of you. Well, guess what? Now you want to test that ankle. Now you're telling your edge rushers, yeah, go high, right? If he steps up and there's green grass in front of him, I want to see if he'll run, right? So so don't worry as hard about setting the edge as aggressively. Don't worry about keeping contain as aggressively. Take a chance. Go try to get after the quarterback. Even They, they, they might even play called differently, right? Overload a blitz and don't worry about him escaping away from pressure because we don't know if he can escape. Think about how how... Uh, freeing that would be for a defensive play caller. I'm going to send five rushers on the offense's left on a passing situation, and I'm going to drop everyone on the offense's right to, to make up for, I mean, you need to fill zones and things. Now, normally that is just unsound football, but if you have a quarterback that's immobile, it's kind of like, well, we want to chase him. We want him throwing on the run. And then once Mahomes, you know, the first drive tucks it and runs for 20 yards, you go ah, back to our original, how, how we play defense. But you have to see. You have to. It's That, that chess game is going to be so much more impressive, and it was already going to be good. But the, uh, the Bengals' defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, is, is a rising star, right? He's, he's almost so much of a sleeper coach that he's no longer a sleeper. Like every time they're talking about uh, one of the head coaching openings, they're like, well, they interviewed this guy. They interviewed Sean Payton once. They're interviewing Frank Reich, and they're talking to this guy and that guy. And then almost always the reporter says, and they should also consider Bengals defensive coordinator. It's like, we can't be a sleeper if you, you say that every single time. But either way, rising star in the business. We know what Andy Reid is. It was going to be a good chess match anyway. Now you just kind of throw in a, a change in the middle. Like what's a, there's billiards, there's pool. Then there's that other one with the, the spokes in the middle. I don't know what they're called. It's like snooker or something like that. Might be snooker. It's like snooker, but you're good at pool. Now you're playing snooker. It's like, all right, let's see what we can do here. It's going to be a fascinating game. I'm looking forward to it. And that's just the, I mean, Mahomes ankle is just the first place you start talking. Then you have to start talking about how you're going to, Guard Travis Kelsey because Jags didn't figure that one out. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Coming up next, Dr. Wood Selig, ODU Athletic Director, joins the show just like he does every single Wednesday. Stick around. Welcome back into ESPN Radio 94.1. Connecting with us now on the phone lines, Dr. Wood Selig. Uh, 
Dr. Selig, first of all, thank you very much for for taking the time. Uh, although I, I, I do, I, I want to know, with the NFL playoffs going on, are, do you have a team? Are you rooting for a team? Or are we just pure like Zach Pascal? We're upset when Zimenez goes goes home. Like like, what what's the the rooting interest here? Well, funny you ask, Tim. I grew up, ironically enough, in in Norfolk, and I didn't grow up a Redskin fan or a Cowboy fan. I grew up a Forty ers fan, and that's when they had John Brody and. Gene Washington, and what I really liked, I was a, a North Carolina Tar Heel fan growing up, and they had a running back, Ken Willard, who played for North Carolina, and I just gravitated toward the 49ers, partly because nobody liked the 49ers or even knew about the 49ers in Virginia growing up, so it was different, and I've been a 49er fan my since I was, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, so uh, they've had a pretty good history of NFL football success, so I'm I'm happy to have picked a pretty good team, and they're still playing. They knocked off the Cowboys Sunday, and I look forward to watching them versus the Eagles. Now, of course, any team that has an ODU representation, uh, I'm I'm going to pull for them as well, so it won't devastate me if the Eagles knock off my 49ers because I'll be happy for our alums who are playing on the Eagles. But uh, all things being equal, I'm, I'm a 49ers fan. I was just going to say that that probably is a bit of personal, professional like uh, like like battle there because of, of guys like who I mentioned, like Zach Pascal that are on, on the Eagles and actually had a catch against the Giants last week. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of pivot to the professional side of things. How, how great has it been seeing ODU football uh, products and alumni succeeding at a high level and obviously contributing to to some of the best teams in the NFL and, and keeping that Super Bowl dream alive and when it comes to ODU as a brand and, and recruiting and everything else. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't realize that the Eagles' long snapper is oh, Rick True, Lovato. true. I had that one down, and I, I, I left out the long snapper, and it's not intentional. Special teamers are teamers too. Well, no, and, and you don't want to know those guys. Because if you do, they've probably done something really bad. Exactly. So, and and called attention to themselves. So no, I I love the fact that that ODU Monarchs dot the lineups of so many successful NFL teams, and I I think that's only going to continue. But you know that's true in Major League Baseball. Uh, it's true in NFL football. We're, we're very lucky to, to have the level of, of athletic talent that we attract to ODU, and, and they're able to enjoy long and successful professional careers, and they're great ambassadors for ODU. We're talking with Dr. Wood Selig, ODU Athletic Director, joining us here on the phone lines. Uh, Dr. Selig speaking. Dr. Selig, excuse me. Speaking of, uh, you know, going on and playing at the highest level and representing ODU, um, there there are a number of ODU football players that are are trying to chase that dream and, and reach those heights, uh, and and plans for pro days and, and things of that nature as they're growing closer. How much as an organization do you have with? You know, I don't want to say setting up pro days or anything like that, but making sure things go smoothly and and you know making it easy for scouts to to find the players that are on your campus. Yeah, no, the good news is football staffs have gotten to be so big. You know, you've got director of player personnel, you got director of operations, you got director of scouting. 
so we're lucky. We have a, you know, not just coaches at, at ODU for football, but we have a lot of administrative support. So they're the liaisons with the NFL teams, with the NFL scouts. They organize and they uh, put together these, you know, scout days and invite athletes not just from ODU but from around Hampton Roads because there's some really good football players, whether it's Norfolk State, whether it's ODU, whether it's William & Mary, whether you get a kid coming down from uh, an, a Power 5 program. So we're, we're kind of a, a, a melting pot and give these NFL programs a chance to come really assess the talent uh, throughout the 757. So that's all done by our football support staff and, and then of course the the Niners scout gets the the place with the best view and, and and all that sort of thing right now that we know your your rooting allegiances he gets taken to either Bird <laughs> and Baldwin or Fellini's whichever one uh yeah he wants and then I'll, I'll pick up the tab you know happily and maybe if he can gear me up a little bit everything's good <laughs> there we go uh <laughs> moving from uh from football to, to uh, another one of the sports there's there's some nice little buzz little little early season success for uh really both men's and women's tennis uh how, how can they build off the success as a team that they they had last year which obviously came with some individual accolades as well yeah we have we have dom and dom we have dominic mueller uh coaching our men's tennis team and dom manila coaching our women's tennis team, and they both do a terrific job between our head coaches and, and their staffs. And, you know, women's tennis is, you know, we, we've been in three straight NCAA tournaments. We've won our conference championship three straight years in a row. Uh, we are a top 20, top 25 program. Uh, we are really one of the best women's tennis program in the country. So, uh, and, and this year promises to be no different from, uh, number one to number six and across the doubles, we, we've got terrific talent. So, uh, Don Manila's done a great job and I expect, uh, that will continue, uh, for some time. I think we'll be the, the pride of the Sun Belt with women's tennis. Men's tennis, not much different. You know, they, there's not much drop off between the level that the women play and the level that the men play. Uh, Dominic Mueller has one of the best tennis schedules non-conference in the country. Uh, just fr tomorrow, Friday night uh, at 6 o'clock, we have Virginia Tech coming in on the men's tennis side at the Folk Stevens Tennis Complex on the campus of Old Dominion, right behind the, the baseball stadium and right behind the soccer facility. So we, we hope we get a great crowd for the men's tennis team against Virginia Tech. We also have Wisconsin coming in. When you look at our men and women's tennis schedule, uh, it, it looks like we're in the either the Big Ten or the ACC with the level of, of team and talent that we bring in each and every weekend when we play at home. And before we let you go, and, and thank you for taking the time, I want to check in on something that we've we've talked about previously. Uh, since last time we talked, you've, you've had the the banquet auction for for the ODU baseball stadium. We've talked about the the, the fundraising going on with that. Uh, how did the event go, and 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 what was the uh, the fundage like that, that you were able to bring in? Yeah, we raised over thirty thousand uh, dollars. We so it was a very successful night. Uh, we had it at the Priority Automotive Club in the football stadium. We had probably 150 uh, guests who attended. All of our student-athletes were there. 
they were able to hear from Ron Polk, the former head baseball coach at Mississippi State. Uh, he was also at Georgia and also at Georgia Southern. Uh, he had a lot of great stories to, to tell everyone. So it was a great night for baseball, college baseball, but specifically ODU baseball. Uh, we got to kind of talk about the new stadium with a number of our donors who were there and some potential donors who were also there. So it was just a, a fun night because we kick off ODU baseball on the weekend of February 17. So we're we're under a month. Uh, we've just got about three more weekends before college baseball begins across the country. So uh, I always love it when, when the spring sports begin. Uh, that means kind of the winter is coming to somewhat of a close. Uh, the weather's going to get better. You're going to get the outdoor sports going. And we've got such a great lineup of success with our spring teams, whether it's tennis, golf, baseball. We have a new women's lacrosse coach. We're expecting some really good things uh, from Teresa Walton, who has arrived from uh, up in Ohio. Uh, so we're, we're really excited. Uh, she's coming from Youngstown State and took them to a Mid-American Conference Championship in just two years. So we're hoping she can work some magic like that with women's lacrosse. So can't wait for the spring sports to begin in just a couple weeks. Dr. Selig, thank you for just stopping by as always, and then we'll look forward to checking back in uh, next week. Thank you, Tim. Have a great week. We'll see you soon.